Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 184 of the podcast that was originally recorded on December 3rd of 2017. Some of the games I played for this past week, The Climbers, an interesting little climbing game, Wasteland Express Delivery Service, a pickup and deliver style game in a post-apocalyptic future, and also Dogs, a great family game that can be played by everyone. I also talk about a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are up to episode 184 of the podcast. Thank you for joining me again. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. On Twitch, you can follow and subscribe to us, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And our YouTube channel can also be subscribed to at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's give a quick whipping update. And we were actually live last night on Twitch. My wife and I were able to get everything set up in the new game room slash studio that we put together. We've been working on this the past couple of months, uh, the past couple of weeks with the holidays and everything. We just haven't had a chance to sit down and actually do a recording. So last night we said we need to do that. So we got up, we were playing some games during the day. In the afternoon, we started trying to arrange all of the lights, the cameras, and kind of rearrange how we were doing everything from before. So if you do watch yesterday's episode of us live on Twitch playing Lords of Waterdeep along with the expansion for the game, you will see that it actually does look a bit different because we are seated kind of next to each other instead of across from each other. I have both cameras now facing us or kind of like in this, you know, in the same direction instead of shooting at each other. So there were quite a few changes that we actually went through yesterday in setup, and it took us a little while to get everything figured out, wired up, and um, just everything situated in the room. Um, I'm glad that we are in the new space. I was kind of laughing at my wife yesterday because she had said when she put together the space, she was like, she wanted to get a small couch up there and do all these other things, and after it took us forever to get the lights and everything set up, she goes, let's just leave this all set up and let's not even take it down. And I didn't want to do that because I do want to be able to have people over. And once you do have everything set up, once you sit down in those chairs to record, there is pretty much no movement you can do around the room because you pretty much have to move everything to get out. It's it's very tight once you get three large lights set up. You have a camera, a couple of cameras set up in there and everything. So. Uh, we're hopefully going to be able to make maybe some changes going into 2018 on our videos. I wouldn't mind adding in maybe one more camera that could shoot us independently or maybe give a close-up of our player boards if we could do something like that instead of just one overhead shot of the board. So there's going to be some stuff we may play around with with 2018, but I think the the videos that we were that we were that we're doing now and where we're at is I'm at a good point finally and I really like the way things are looking and I'm really liking the way things have finally turned out so we were watching the actual playthrough on our TV last night after we were actually done with it I threw it up to the TV from Twitch and was streaming that and we were both really impressed with how well it sounded and you know how how good the video sounded I think the little webcam we use 
at first to just shoot the two of us. Might need a little bit of an upgrade. It is an older Logitech webcam. It shoots uh, high def, 1080 supposedly, but it still doesn't look as clear as I want it to be. So that may be one of the first things we upgrade. Maybe get another camera to replace that and then maybe a, a secondary camera to shoot another one of us, like I said, to do some other different types of shots. But we'll see going into 2018 what we can do with that. But I think hopefully we're going to be back to a good schedule and hopefully I can get this podcast back on track and start releasing them weekly again on Sundays as well because we've actually been playing a lot of games lately. So let's do that. Let's jump into some of the things we've been playing now. One of the last things I actually played down at the local game store that I hadn't discussed And I had played a few other games this night, but I think I already talked about those games. So we're going to talk about the one game I have not discussed so far, and that is The Climbers. The Climbers is kind of like a 3D wooden style game. It is being published in the U.S. by Simply Complex. The designer is Holger Lons. And Simply Complex is actually a line of games being published by Capstone Games. And I know I've talked about Capstone Games in the past. They're a very good publisher, uh, and they've they've really caught my fancy the past couple of years. They have produced and published or brought over games to the U.S. that are somewhat on the heavier side. If you like heavier style games, it's definitely something that you want to look into some of the games they have. They have games like Arkwright, Hoshbow Connect. They have a game called Lignum. They also do a three-player game called Three Kingdoms Redux. They also have a new game coming out called Wildcatter. So in their normal Capstone line of games, they have a lot of great games. But let's jump over to their Simply Complex line. And that is where they are producing the climbers under. And this is a really interesting game. It is basically a wooden block that you're going to build a tower of blocks. And each person has a little wooden meeple that they're going to try to that is of a certain color and the blocks have different colors on all of the, all six sides of it. And what you're going to try to do is you're going to try to climb to the top on your turn. You're going to try to move a block and then possibly try to move your climber up a level. And you're trying to just get higher than all of your opponents. I believe the first time we played this, we played the game wrong. So I do need to play this game again. So I'm not going to go into too, too much of the rules here because I don't even know if I know the correct rules right now because it was, I believe we actually did play a few things wrong, but you have a couple of ladders that can make you get past some of the taller blocks that you have in front of you. And it's a really interesting strategy. And it's one of the few games that I've played down at the game store where pretty much when we started playing, everybody pushed their chairs away from the table and we're pretty much literally walking around the table, trying to see every angle, trying to see all the different blocks, trying to see what blocks they wanted to, what block they wanted to remove from the, the, the tower of blocks there that they could possibly place on a spot to be able to get their worker, you know, get their meeple up a little bit higher. And it's, it's really interesting. We did get, um, our, our workers actually pretty high. I think we played the game a little longer than we're supposed to be played. I think it was supposed to end well before we had actually ended the game, but it was really interesting. I really like this game. I really can't wait to play this one again and actually try to see what the actual correct rules are on this one. But everybody at the table had a great time with it. It was one that I had seen when we were at, I believe it was Origins, they actually had a few copies of this. And that's when I was actually playing Capstone's other game called Lignum, which had, which I picked up and immediately added to my collection. I did not pick up the climbers because I really wasn't too sure what it was about and everything. And after playing it, 
It's a really interesting light game that I think would be a really good family game. Like I said, their Simply Complex line of games is something that is maybe more 3D style games, games that are a little lighter, a little more, I don't want to say family oriented, but people that are possibly getting into the hobby might be more akin to playing than some, some of their other heavier games. So if you're interested in something somewhat of a lighter game, if you like more abstract kind of... um you know, kind of like family, you know, games where you can, you know, manipulate different pieces like that. Check out the climbers and see how it is. I, after I do play this game correctly, I will talk about it again on a later podcast. And in looking at board game geek, it looks like this was originally released in 2008. So this is, this game is a little older, but it's still, still really good and really cool. I don't know if I've ever really played a game similar to this one. And that is the climbers. All right, we're going to jump over to a small game that's been on my wish list for quite a while. This is a game that was released in 2017. It was designed by Jonathan Gilmore, Ben Pinchback, and Matt Riddle. It was published by Pandasaurus Games, and it's a small little game, and I joke when I say that, called Wasteland Express Delivery Service. The box for this game is actually quite large. And in talking about the box, I will say... This game probably has one of the, if not the best insert I've ever seen for a game that has come with the actual default game itself. It is incredible the way that they actually had game trays design the plastic trays to actually just fit everything perfectly. After you are done punching, you will put all those empty punch boards on the bottom to actually raise up the trays in there so they fit in the box perfectly. The box height was designed with everything in mind and everything just fits in the box. You could just literally lift these trays out and just play. Setup time for this game is very minimal once you get the board laid out. And I will say my wife and I, we're, we're going to be doing a video for this one after we get another player. So we've only gone through, we've only played this game once, but I will say we're already really, really enjoying this game. And I have a feeling this game Make make a little hint, drop a little spoiler here. This game may make my top 10 games for the year. I really liked it. This game has been on my wish list since it was released. I had been putting off getting it and adding it to my collection. I was hoping to get a game of it in down at my local game store before actually adding it to my collection, but uh, I actually didn't get a chance to play it. I saw uh, my wife actually got it for me for Christmas. She had gotten me a couple of early Christmas gifts. So this was a game we kind of just opened up rather than waiting to Christmas and wanted to, I wanted to get to the table, so we got it played. So what the game is, is it is essentially a pick-up-and-deliver style game in a post-apocalyptic type of future. Kind of imagine a Mad Max style game. And I'm I'm a big fan of Mad Max. I'm a big fan of post-apocalyptic games. I know my wife wasn't. I don't know if we've really ever played too, too many pick up and deliver style games. And, you know, when she was kind of asking what type of game is this, I was explaining it to her and she was like, uh, she goes, I'll try it. But I wasn't really too sure if she was going to care for it or not. And she actually really enjoyed it. It was our first playthrough was a little bit longer because we were referring to the rules quite a bit. We were trying to get an understanding of everything, trying to learn all the terminology, trying to get everything correct. I believe we got most of the rules correct on our first playthrough, which I was very impressed with. And the game's actually not too, too difficult. There's there's quite a few different options you can do, which really makes the game kind of interesting and I think is going to have um, some more replayability to the game. There's also kind of like a story mode to the game, a campaign mode. But I will say that the campaign mode isn't anything that's like a legacy style game. You're not going to be bringing anything from game to game. The, the campaign style is more of a story. It At the beginning of the rulebook, there is a story that kind of lays out 
what the world's about, what's kind of going on. And from what I've been reading, that campaign actually builds upon that kind of one-page story they give you at the beginning of the book and kind of takes you through a little bit more of the story and where things are going and what's kind of happening in the world. So it's – and you can actually play any of those campaigns at any one time, and those campaigns possibly will have you do different things or certain things in the game or have you – you know, put certain things in the game as you play that particular part of the scenario, part of the campaign. So it's it's not legacy style. You're never going to be building anything throughout the course of the game. You're not really carrying anything over. You're not building your character. You're not carrying things over from game to game. But it does give you a nice little campaign and story, it sounds like. And that's something that I'm really interested in trying because I wouldn't mind seeing what they kind of threw in there and see how they're making the, making the games differ from one another and how they're going to change things. But let's go a little bit into kind of what you're going to be doing in Wasteland Express. On your turn, you're going to have um, one of possible six different actions, I believe it is. You're going to be able to move your truck. When you move your truck, you're going to move one of your action tokens up to the movement track. From there, you can do a couple of different things. You can either stop you know, your movement, or you can then do a secondary action, which would then be moving that movement token over to one of the other actions that you could possibly take. Normally, you're only going to be doing one action per turn. If you do that movement action, that will allow you to then possibly do something else. Uh, you can attack raiders. You can attack raider trucks. There's going to be three different raider trucks that are on the board. As you're moving your truck throughout the wasteland, if you land on a part of the board that has an icon on it that matches one of those raider kind of groups, you're going to be able to move their truck to an adjacent spot. You can move the truck onto an opponent's onto the center space of where an opponent is, that opponent would then get ambushed and would immediately go into combat with that raider, and they would need to flip over the raider truck card and then try to combat them, and we'll get into that in a little bit. There are also going to be different raider enclaves on four different spots of the maps. You can attack those. There is a deck of cards for raider enclaves. You can get possibly goods there, or maybe you have a mission that takes you there. The goal of the, the overall goal of the game is to complete three of the first priority missions. There are going to be three priority mission cards that you're going to flip over at the beginning of the game. You can also visit different outposts throughout the board that could let you interact with these other factions that where you can take three cards and keep one. They can be different smaller missions that you can complete that could get you possibly different resources or different rewards. They can also have a first priority symbol on them, which can be used in place of one of the three first priority cards that are already on the table. So it's a good idea to not only try to maybe... I don't want to say you want to concentrate on those three first priority cards that are on the board because I know one of the ones we had in our game I thought was a little difficult. So I was trying to go to some of these different factions that are on the board, interact with them a little bit, get some of their cards and see if I could find a first priority one. And I had pulled one right towards the end of the game, right before my wife finished one of the actual three, one of the, where she finished all three of the first priority ones on the board. There was the one that I didn't even want to try to attempt, which was kind of moving a nuclear bomb from one end of the board to the other. That just seemed really difficult to me. But she actually pulled it off a turn before I was probably going to be able to win it. And she had taken the game from me. But let's get back to some of the actions you can do. So you can attack raiders, either their vehicles or their um, outposts. You can purchase cargo. So after you do the movement action, 
And if you're at an actual different um, outpost, you can do purchase some cargo. You can also deliver cargo. If you have anything in your car, you're going to have a tab, uh, kind of like a little tableau in front of you, a little player board. And on there will be a vehicle. That vehicle can, you're going to put different tokens on there, which will be able to hold different resources. When you're in combat, if you lose combat, you will put a damage token on there. And that damage token can fill up. If your truck can never really be destroyed, you can lose possible cargo from your ship if your ship area of your ship if your car is ever truck is ever completely destroyed you can still move you just really can't put anything in your truck you have to go back to the main center of the board the depot spot and actually pay some credits to or what they call scrap currency in the game is called scrap you can pay some scrap to actually remove all of the damage from your truck and the nice thing is when you go there to do that you can actually get all damage removed so if you whether you have one damage or six damage on your truck all of it is moved for removed for the same price. When you're at a particular outpost, you can activate an outpost action. Each different outpost has a different action. Some of those actions that we were talking about earlier where you can maybe interact with that particular faction and maybe draw three of their cards and keep one. There are other things you can do. You can purchase little what look like computer chips. They are called relics, I believe. And those are used for certain quests in the game. And one of the last things is you can do a bonus action. Some of the actual missions that you're on require you to do a specific action. That is the only thing you can do on your turn. It's not something you can take from, move from your movement action and move your little action chip down there. It literally has to be done at the beginning of your turn. You just move one of your action tokens over to there. Say you're taking the bonus action. You're able to then complete that mission, complete that quest, whatever it is, and then move along with the game. But that is pretty much the only thing you can do with that. And some of the actions are limited as well. Uh, as far as purchasing cargo, there is only one spot available. So you can pretty much only do that once per round. Everybody has five action tokens that they're going to be placing throughout the turn, and you're going to be going back and forth doing these actions once everybody has their five actions placed kind of on their tableau it's the end of the round you're going to do a few things remove all your action tokens back there is an event deck that's going to be passed along and that event deck is kind of the first player token the first player flips over an event at the beginning of the round they read the event the first card in the game pretty much is always the card that i believe pretty much does nothing i don't know if that's always supposed to be shuffled or if that card's always on top I'm going to have to double check the rules on that one. But the, in our game, the, you know, that free one's on top. You Pretty much nothing happens after that. There's different events that can happen that could possibly fluctuate the price of some of the different resources in the game and, and do other things to manipulate some few other things, give you possible a different action. Maybe kind of just change things around a little bit in the game just for that particular round and then things kind of go back to normal. So it's really interesting what all those different events can do. Pretty much at a high level, those that's what you're going to be doing in the game. I'm not going to go too much into combat. Combat is just normally rolling a couple of dice. There are some different mods you can add to your truck to either add different dice to your roll or add pluses to your dice uh, to make your attacks a little bit stronger to be able to fight some of the, the larger type of you know mobs you're going to be running into or some of the different crazy you know wasteland people you're going to be running into. But that's pretty much the game. Once somebody gets actual, once somebody finishes those three priority missions and completes those three priority quests, the game pretty much ends right there. And that person is the winner. So there's really not like anybody gets, um, you know, another action or nobody keeps moving. It's pretty much just the game kind of just ends there. So you really want to watch what your opponents are doing. And if there's any way you can possibly slow them down 
in any way if they are close to winning the game. But I will say after our first playthrough, I was one really impressed with all the components. Like I said at the beginning of the talk here, the game trays are incredible. One of the, some of the best inserts I've ever seen for a game is in this game. Uh, the gameplay itself was just a hell of a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. There's just so many different choices. You know, the first couple of turns we sat there and we just re really weren't too sure what we're doing. We're moving around. We're picking up a few different resources here and there. And then after a few turns, we kind of started seeing, okay, we start seeing what to do. You want to almost, I don't want to say you get an engine going, but you want to try to figure out, you know, it's pick up and deliver. You want to see what resources are worth the highest right now in the game. Go to a particular outpost, pick up resources, go someplace else to deliver them. And then you're going to be actually, you know, when you do that, you're going to be removing tokens from the board and they're going to be fluctuating and changing the prices of the market as you're playing. So everything's always going to be shifting around in the game as far as what's going to be worth what. So nothing is set, you know, what's, what, what the prices are at the beginning of the game. Nothing is going to be like that throughout the game. So it, it really makes you think and it really gives you a lot to do in the game. And it's a game style. It's a style of game that I don't really think we, like I said, we have too many in our collection. And we both just really enjoyed it. And it's one we really want to do a video for. We're going to get a couple more playthroughs under our belt before we do that. And when we do, we will definitely let everybody know. But that is Wasteland Express Delivery Service. After that, one of the other games that we started playing this weekend is a little game called Dogs. This is from Marcos Marcy. Or Marcos McCree. I'm sorry about that. This was published by Gray Mask Games and MS Jogos. And this is a game that was actually released and I believe self-published around 2013. They had a Kickstarter. I believe it was back at the beginning of the year. I don't know if it was at the end of last year, if it was at the beginning of the year. I can't remember how long ago it was, but we got the game probably about a month ago. And this is a more family-style oriented game. This is definitely a lighter style game. But I still say that even at a lighter style game, it's lighter to medium because there's a lot of stuff going on here. This is going to be a game where you have some set collection, a little worker placement, and you have some different style movement on the board that you're going to have to use resources to pay for the movement. And in the game, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be moving moving your truck around the board. You're going to be picking up different breeds of dogs throughout the board, bringing them back to your kennel. If there is a dog that you pick up that has a little paw symbol on there, that means that dog was lost. The dog is, you basically found the dog and you can put that dog into the fair market and you will be able to get a couple of coins um, on the board based on how far away the dog was from the starting spot in the middle of the board. Your car movement or your truck movement is kind of interesting. Every dog space that you move over is going to cost you an extra token of fuel. You start off the game, I believe, with six tokens of fuel, I believe it is, and you can purchase up to nine at the end of the round, and you can have a max of nine fuel to move throughout the board. And it's a really interesting light game. It's set collection in that you want to try to get at least four of a kind of as many of the different dog breeds as you can because along the bottom of the board, there's different scoring for that. And if you score, if you have a um, just one set of dogs, do you know two of a kind? It will be two points. If you have two and then another type of dog, it'll be three points. If you have two pair, it's five points. If you have three of a kind, it's eight points. And then if you have the four of a kind, it's 12 points at the end of the game. And anytime you actually get four of a kind in your kennel, you also get an additional gold at that point in time. Points aren't really totaled up until the end of the game. Um, and there's many, there's a multiple different ways you can um, finish the game. In a two-player game, there's actually a few additional ways you can end the game. But you're going to be going around. One of the interesting things is during your turn, you're going to be picking up the dogs. And then you're going to 
have to spend a gas to get back to the middle of the board where you can then put the dogs into your kennel. If any of the dogs are actually injured, if they have like a little plus symbol on them, they're actually injured or possibly sick, you have to put them in kind of like in your infirmary where you can then spend a veterinary action to actually heal them with some medicine. Then they can move back into the general population where you have all your kennels. The interesting thing about this game is when you're doing the placement into those kennels, there are four spots per individual kind of like kennel. The same type of breed needs to be next to each other. So if you put um, a mutt out on the one spot, there has to be a mutt next to there. Now below that, you can put maybe put a bulldog and then you can put a bulldog next to that. But you can never put like maybe like a mutt and a bulldog next to each other. So you have to watch how you're doing your dog placement. You then also want to make sure that Maybe during the early rounds, you're not spreading yourself out too thin with your kennels because you're also going to have to feed the dogs that are in your kennels. Now, the dogs that are in your infirmary, you don't really have to worry about um, feeding because they're hooked up to IV. They're actually getting all fixed up. So they're actually not part of the, the dogs or pets that you need to feed. But you do need to make sure that you have enough food to feed the the dogs that are in your kennels for every for every kennel that you at least have one dog in, it's going to cost you one food. If you don't have enough food to feed um, all of the kennels, every kennel that you can't feed, you're going to need to actually take a dog from there and actually put them in the infirmary. So then you're actually going to have to try to heal them and get them back into your the general population later on in the game. There's also a little worker placement here. One of the the game is kind of broken up into. Uh, three main different phases. The first phase of the game is going to be where you're kind of going around and you're moving around, picking up the dogs and then returning to your, your, you know, your kennel or to your ark is what they're referring to it as, which is your animal rescue center. After that, you're going to be doing the worker placement part of the phase. You have yourself as well as an assistant. There is a little board where you're going to be able to take different actions on. The one space is going to be a uh, town hall action, which lets you expand your kennels and build another kennel. Each additional kennel you get is going to give you some more victory points at the end of the game. You can do a warehouse action, which lets you exchange some resources for another resource. You can exchange up to two resources for two other resources. The pet shop lets you actually buy some resources for gold or for money. The veterinary actually lets you heal six do sick dogs and move them from your infirmary over to your, you know, the general population part of the board for medicine. And the dog fair lets you do one of three different actions. You can actually buy a dog. You can actually sell a dog back to the dog fair, or you can actually trade a dog with the dog fair. There's also going to be additional kind of like action cards above there. Whenever you go to any one of these spots, you can take one of the two cards that are above there. And in a two-player game, normally only one person can be on a spot. There is a card, though, of course. Of course, there's always a card in any sort of board game that lets you manipulate that rule a little bit, that lets you, if somebody's already there, you can actually go there as well. Uh, so that's something to also keep in mind. After that, you kind of have to do like kind of like the cleanup part of the, the the phase three is kind of like the cleanup part of the phase where you're feeding your dogs, you're paying your assistant wages, you're doing a little board cleanup, you're actually collecting a, you know, uh, one money for actually, you know, you can consider that a don donation from some of the different people in the city and stuff like that. You're passing the first player token and then you're kind of going to rinse and repeat this until you do reach one of the end game conditions. 
I will say the second edition, um, we watched, my wife and I watched Rado's run through of this. He was playing through the first edition. And I will say they've cleaned up quite a few things from the first edition. Uh, the game, our game came with, since it was the Kickstarter, came with some satin bags that can hold the country and city dogs in there. That You have wooden components now. You don't have look, like little wooden plastic discs. I believe, I don't know if Rado's edition was like a prototype or not, or if it was, that was how the first edition looked. But I will say the second edition board and just everything they've cleaned up quite a bit the the county fair board actually looks a lot better and it has not only spots for 10 different county fair dogs on there but it actually has all the different action spots on there that you can do the game does look cleaned up really nicely and it's it's just a really cute game and this is the game we're hopefully going to be doing next saturday on our on our stream because we we wanted to get we tried to do it last night but we just weren't comfortable with the rules we'd only gotten through maybe about a game and a half before we really started trying to set up the the room for shooting and everything yesterday and we realized we just weren't going to have enough time to become really comfortable with it after just one playthrough we wanted to get at least one more playthrough under our belt and we were only able to get like about a half playthrough so that's when we chose to basically fall back to lords of Waterdeep, which we both knew when we could just pull out and just play and just had a great time playing it and i actually won that's a little spoiler there so don't say that because uh, i a lot of times don't win that game my wife does but I will say Dogs, a great game. I don't know if this game is going to be available in retail or not. I haven't really looked that up on um, on Board Game Geek to see if it is. I know I'm really glad that I backed this. I'm really bummed that I wasn't able to back at a level where I was able to get maybe one of maybe my dog's name put on there because we did have a dog that passed away a few years ago that I would have loved to have put on the back of one of the tiles. And if you look on there, on the back of every dog tile, there's actually like a little dog tag on there with the where they're from and the dog's name, which is also so cool that they were able to do that for the Kickstarter. I thought that was really interesting. My wife and I thought that was when we play this, we're probably going to be reading a lot of those dog names. We're dog fans ourselves. Um, we're, we're pet fans ourselves. We have dogs, cats, and we pretty much used to have everything in this house. So, um, but dogs, great, great family game. Really, it's a lighter to medium game. So this is, this is a game you could probably play not with kids too young, but it's a nice family game. There is no euthanasia whatsoever in the game. There's no, you're always healing the dogs and you're always saving the dogs, which is something that we really like and we really enjoy as far as games go. Other than that, that is it for the games we played. Let's jump over to the few things that I want to play. One of the other things that my wife was able to get for me for Christmas was a little game that has been on my list for a while and that is called Tricarion's Legends of Illusion. This is a worker-style placement game where you're actually playing a magician. I haven't read too much about the game. I watched a few videos here and there, or partial videos. This game has always just intrigued me. I've heard mixed reviews about it. There weren't too many people that had this game down in my game group, so I wanted to get it and actually just see what it was like. It was a game I had heard about a year or so ago, and it's been on my wish list for a while, and I finally just said, I really want this game now, so I mentioned it to the wife, and it was one of the things I was able to get for Christmas. Other than that, one of the other games that I'm really interested in playing for and looking at Board Game Geek and some of the news mails that they were sending out, there is a game called Micropolis, which is being published by Madigo, and it's designed by Bruno Cathala and Charles Chevalier. And they are designers that have been together before, and I'm interested in what they're doing with this one as this is a game 
where you're kind of like controlling an ant colony. It's going to be a drafting style game where you're going to be building out an ant colony and taking different possible actions. It's tile placement. So those two designers together, when I kind of read that and read a little bit of the description that's on Board Game Geek, instantly, instantly caught my eyes and is something I'm really going to have to watch out for because I really like both the designers and I have a feeling this could be a very fun game that is going to be hopefully coming out in 2018 for two to six players. But other than that, I think we've hit the end of an episode. As always, you can send me some emails. You can let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. Board Game Geek, we have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, follow us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Twitch channel that you can subscribe to is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And then, of course, our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. Subscribe to that as well. Other than that, everybody knows what they need to go do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, everybody, have a great week gaming, and I will see you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.